Blog Talk Radio. Yes, this is Delon White, R&B soul singer of Ambient Records, and you are listening to Bianca Fly on her beautiful Butterfly Radio Show, part of the Vibration Radio Network, where she gives interviews, information, and covers all types of topics. And welcome everyone to the beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Hope that you had a fantastic um, weekend. I know a lot of folks traveled um, to go visit family for Thanksgiving, and I hope that um, Thanksgiving was a, a time for you to uh, sit back and reflect and, and give thanks for many things. Uh, but nevertheless, I uh, would definitely welcome you to another episode of the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Uh, our show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. Uh, so a big shout out to our supporters um, at Vibration Radio uh, for always supporting us um, and encouraging us over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And tonight, folks, we got a special guest um, who's going to be Joining us, um, and a new guest, in fact, you guys, we have uh, intuitive coach and author Angela um, Kaufman. Uh, she's going to be uh, joining us this evening, you guys, and you guys are going to be able to learn all about her. Uh, she has created the Queen Up, um, a system to help the women harness their power of passion, power, and abundance um, by connecting with their um, energy of their highest potential. And so tonight we're going to be talking about um, some of the books that she has been a part of, and, uh, and she's going to uh, tell you guys how she can be of service to you guys out there who may be um, in need of her support and guidance. So if you're out there, um, at any time during the broadcast, you have a question or a comment, feel free to call in. Uh, the number is 347-326-9139 is the number. We would love to hear from you guys. And so we're not going to delay any longer. We're going to bring the special guest of the hour on here. Angela, are you there? I am, yes. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great this evening. How about you? I am doing fantastic. It's a little cold, <laughs> but I am, yes. I, am doing, <laughs> I am doing fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. Absolutely. And so, Angela, uh, with this being our first time talking and for the first time, some uh, some of our folks are, are hearing you speak. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Oh, thank you. Well, my professional background had been in social work. So I had trained to become a social worker. I had this, you know, what I thought was like my dream job. I was loving life. And then um, as most of us do, by the time we get to a certain age, I went through a a life-changing experience. And in my case, it was um, an accident. I was hit by a car as a pedestrian in 2009. um, And I couldn't go back I couldn't take care of myself properly and go back into the career I had been in. So a lot of upheaval, a lot of change. Um, And I ended up drawing on some of my other interests in spirituality, metaphysics, tarot, uh, being one of my interests for many years prior to that. Um, And I started, I had started a small business as a tarot reader and I started to lean on that more as a coaching practice. Um, And my experience of healing and recovery and, and learning how to rebuild once everything gets um, you know, the, the rug gets pulled out from under us and we have to figure right. out who we are and where we're going and how we're going to rebuild. And as mm-hmm. I was putting that together for myself, um, I realized that many of my clients were also uh, maybe through different situations specifically, but were also going through some process of rebuilding. So I started working with the queens from the tarot uh, to represent mm-hmm. our different strengths and our different um, motivations and personality traits. And I, I kind of merged from predictive tarot reading into providing more like coaching, um, intuitive based uh, guidance for empowerment based on those archetypes of the four queens. And that Mm -hmm. over the course of several years, that kind of evolved into what is now a book and a series of workshops and, and services and things like that. Awesome, awesome. And so uh, for you, Angela, um, during that time um, of your accident, um, I'm pretty sure you you did a lot of reflecting um, during that time um, of recouping and and healing and so forth. And how did the accident um, play a factor? Because a lot of times when we are hit with, you know, very traumatic experiences, um, you know, especially we're we might be hurt physically, but it also does a number to us um, mentally um, and emotionally yes. and, and sometimes spiritually as well. And so uh, tell us a little bit about what that process was like for you. What, how were, were you feeling mentally um, and emotionally um, about the things that had happened during that period of time for you? Well, that's a great question. Um, it's interesting because I, I had already gotten to the point prior to that where I had done mm-hmm. a lot of growth and maturing and understanding kind of the, the spiritual connection of all things. And even, even in the early phase of my recovery, I didn't look at it like I was a victim. And I mean, let me rephrase that. I, I certainly was plenty angry and sad and depressed and all right. of that. So not like right. I was like just, you know, <laughs> chanting ohm and love and life. I mean, I was, I was plenty right. angry, um, but I didn't view it as, as a victim process. I viewed it as yeah. well, for whatever reason, this needed to happen. This is setting me on a right. different path. The harder part for me to wrap my head around um, is some of the the unfortunate realities of the bureaucratic systems that fall Mm. into place when we're trying to get our needs met. And and it doesn't always it's not always human centered. It's not always uh, supportive. So that was really difficult. Um, And there definitely, you know, I went through uh, post-traumatic stress and, uh, you know, had a lot of difficulties and needed adjustment there. Um, Mm. Part of the 
uh, long-term uh, recovery process that I'm still in recovery from is a mild traumatic brain injury. So that was a big part of why I couldn't just go back to the work that I was doing. I tried. Um, and it right. was very much in my attitude right away. You know, I was in the hospital and I called my boss at the time and was like, don't, I was supposed to do on call for my job that weekend. I'm like, don't worry, I'll come and get the phone and do on call. I'll be back to work soon. <laughs> so there was a part of me that just wanted like, let's get everything back to normal. And there was a part of me that believed that if I could just kind of uh, hurry up and pick up where I left off, that that would somehow like right. prove that, um, that nothing really that bad had happened. And it was harder right. for me to accept that this, whether I liked it or not, this was putting me on a part. Mm -hmm. I think for me at the time, and maybe for other folks going through these kinds of things, is that, I mean, it's real easy for me to look back now so many years later and say, oh, you know, but I found a new purpose and I found a new way to, uh, you right. know, share my gifts with the world. And I developed, you know, some, some insights about myself and that's all fine and good. But we're talking like a four, five year period of time that things were wow. slowly evolving and I didn't know what my next moves were going to be. I just knew there came mm -hmm. a point where I knew, okay, well, I can't go back to the way things were. I don't know what right. else I'm supposed to do because I was planning for this particular path and now it's not right. working anymore. And that right. was incredibly overwhelming and scary. And one of the best pieces of advice that somebody in a brain injury survivor support group gave me at that point uh, when I was like panicking and probably crying and having mucus falling out of places, <laughs> you know, one of the best pieces of advice yeah. that the person gave me is like, you don't have to figure it all out right now. Like you're going to yeah. get there. You don't have to figure out what it looks like right this minute. Um, and that set my mind at ease. But the other thing that evolved through that process um, as I mentioned, I was already kind of on a spiritual path and already mm -hmm. uh, invested in, in learning about the metaphysical world and tarot and things like that. But at that time, I would not have considered myself um, especially intuitive or anything like that. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I did believe and I still do believe that we all have intuition. We all have the ability to use our psychic senses. But at that time, for example, when I would do a tarot reading, I was going off of learned interpretations. I wasn't directly tuning in with my spirit guides or, or when I was, I wasn't aware of it. So I was kind of right. doing it by accident, which I think a lot of us do a lot of the time. And we like, sometimes it works out and we're like, Whoa, I'm glad I paid attention, but we don't always realize what we're doing. So one of the, um, one of the beneficial things through this process, like you said, you know, it kind of forced me to have to reflect on things. Mm -hmm. A big part of recovery from brain injury is if you're going to recover, you have to really slow down your pace. And that was difficult Absolutely. for me because I don't, I don't do patience. I don't do slow. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I was always multitasking and, and working, you know, and yeah. like the whole idea that I had to like slow down and rest and take naps was kind of a drag. But one of the positive things about it is meditation became a part of my regular practice um, yeah. where prior to that, it, it's something I kind of did occasionally and knew I was supposed to do and knew it was helpful to do. Um, but there was nothing really mandating me to do it. And having a brain injury kind of mandated me to, um, at least if I was going to feel better, um, kind of mandated me to, to slow down and actually use some of these tools on a more regular basis. And that led to a greater connection with my spirit guides, a greater connection with my intuition. So because I was forced to slow down, it allowed that deeper listening to take shape, which would definitely not have happened in my previous lifestyle that I, you know, was grieving over the loss of and wanted so much to get back to. so there there were you know there mm -hmm. were parts of the transformation that didn't just take things away but also added to um right. and that's 
that's hard to appreciate in the moment. It's much easier to appreciate like once you've gone through it and you're like, okay, I see that everything works out right. kind of okay. So I can be happy Absolutely. about this now. <laughs> But it was a lot of ups and downs. There were periods of time when I was extremely motivated to get better. And then there were periods of time where I felt totally stuck. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is almost like a bad joke. Like, you know, congratulations, you survived, but life is going to stink right now. (laughs) Um, But like everything, you know, we, we just take it one day at a time. And eventually we have no choice but to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to ask you because um, oftentimes, um, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, wanting to get back in there and get back to work. And so do you think that that's automatic, that's human nature for us to, even though when, when something, um, you know, traumatic has happened to us, we want to get back in there and get back to routine, get back what we're used to um, as a way to kind of coping what we're really facing. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think it has a couple of, uh, it serves a couple of purposes for us. One, it creates normalcy, like, oh, okay, everything's okay. I'm going to be okay because I can do what's normal and familiar to me. Um, But I think another piece of it, and this this kind of became the uh, basis for for clean up and and what I teach people in the clean up system is that we tie up a lot of our identity um, and mm. and like we're if, oh, if yes. we look at everything being energy like we are so energetically connected to the Absolutely. role and the the job and the relationship and like all those all those pillars of our lifestyle we define mm-hmm. ourselves by those I mean I certainly did and and I see it in my clients I see it in people that I work with. Uh, we define ourselves by these things and we define our, our worth, our value, whether we, you know, looking at the holidays coming up. I mean, for so many people sitting around the table at the holiday dinner, it's a time to catch up, but it's also a time when a lot of us feel like, like somebody's keeping score, like, okay, you're a certain age. Did you do mm-hmm. this, this, and this, season? <laughs> you know, or like the yeah. newsletters come out to the family and it's like, well, so-and-so got married and so-and-so had a baby. <laughs> and it brings up a lot of anxiety about, you know, am I, am I, keeping, you know, am I, am I on target? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And when we go through traumatic things, especially when it relates to, well, whether it's health or relationship or loss of a job or loss of career, it's like, these are our, what we're taught are our mile markers of success. You know, Hey, I have the relationship. I have the home. I have the job title. I have the corner office. You know, I have these accomplishments. And when something Uh, undermines those things or like in my case when it's a health related situation not only are you trying to get your health back on track but you're thinking oh my god am I going to have enough for retirement if I'm taking this huge chunk out of being able to work like there's all these different factors that um, that come into to the picture and even with with health situations when people have an illness or an injury and, and now they've got like a chronic ongoing illness um, it shifts your sense of, of yourself. It shifts your sense of identity because it changes what you're able to do. It might even mm-hmm. change how you perceive yourself and how other people see you. So there's this whole level of like needing to adapt to something new that I think you're right. I think it's totally normal for us to resist that at first uh, because our whole sense of self and purpose are totally ingrained in, in whatever those situations are. And now all of that is just blown out of the water and we've got to just rebuild and, and make the best of it. 
Absolutely. And, and you mentioned about how um, attached we get to things. And, and you know, it's, it's that, you know, old cliche saying, you know, you don't miss something <laughs> until it's gone mm-hmm. or until or you're no longer, you know, able to use it or whatnot. And so um, a lot of times we find ourselves uh, being so attached to things that, you know, we, we may had, you know, no clue because I remember um Years ago, um, which which might seem ancient to folks before, um, you know, why internet and all that came out. Mm-hmm. But once the internet came out, and 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 you know, sometimes when people are without the internet, it's like, oh my goodness, how do we function? What right. do we do? You know, <laughs> what do we do? Like I, my Wi-Fi is down. You know, I'm trying to, you know, and so we're like freaking out and. And it's amazing how connected we become to things, but, and also people, you know, we get attached mm-hmm. to people like that as well. You know, certain people come into our lives and when that connection is no longer there, you know, sometimes that causes, you know, stresses um, in our lives because we're we're trying to figure out, well, why, you know, why didn't the situation work out and so forth. And right. so it, it is amazing how attached we get to things that uh, we, we may never even knew that, you know, we really had an attachment to. Absolutely. I, when I do workshops, I always like to start off, if it's a small enough group, um, I usually start off by asking people to introduce themselves uh, by saying, like, pretend you're at a party and think about just, you know, normal, natural conversation. How do you introduce yourself to someone aside from your name? Like, what is the first one or two or three things you tell somebody about yourself? Uh, because that's really telling about what our priorities are and what, our, like, how we've invested our personal identity. And for most people, we identify ourselves through our occupation and our relationship to other people. So we'll say, you know, I'm so-and-so's significant other, or I, you know, I'm a mother, or I, you know, uh, or I'm a lawyer, or I'm a teacher. So we, and, and our society teaches us that that's where our value comes from, from, you know, being able to say, like, these are my uh, credentials, these are my set of accomplishments. Um, and especially for us as women, among those credentials and sets of accomplishments, we're expected to have relationships and possibly family, children. And of course, we may choose whether we want those things or not. But there is that pressure that we're brought up in that like if we're if we're playing the game by the rules and if we're doing it right by a certain right. point we should have these certain things lined right. up and if we don't and I think men go through the same kind of thing but um, with slightly different of course the roles are slightly different but with men right. I think this happens a lot with career specifically uh, mm-hmm. or finances mm-hmm. you're supposed to have this much squared away so that you can take care of this and right. that you're supposed to have this kind of career and the and the underlying message is if you've done everything right, this is where you should be. And that doesn't take into consideration that you can be doing everything right and stuff still happens that doesn't always follow that equation and that formula. And that's part of, you know, when we talk about the the psychological impact of a loss or a trauma, um, you know, whether it's a job or a relationship or, or just a crisis that comes out of nowhere, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that makes these experiences so traumatic is that it challenges our ability to feel like life is reasonably predictable. Mm. Um, and there was a really good book. I don't recall the name of it, but it talks about trauma. Um, 
how it shatters, I think it's called shattered assumptions, actually, but I, I'd have to look it up. So don't quote me on that. Um, but it talks <laughs> about the, the one of the really devastating things about trauma is, you know, until you're in a, a horrible car accident, you take for granted that you're going to just go into, you know, get into your car, drive to work and be safe because you followed all the rules or until you experience, right. you know, God forbid, maybe some kind of horrible, violent crime. Um, you take for granted that you're going to like walk down the street, go to the store, get your groceries, come home and nothing's going to happen. But when somebody experiences right. a traumatic event, you don't get to make those assumptions anymore, proven wrong. So it's kind of like if we got up out of the chair and suddenly gravity doesn't exist and you're floating around the room and nothing has prepared you for that. And you're like, wait a minute, this is not how things are supposed to go. There's that <laughs> feeling of like, it, this is in, in, an injustice. This is just so wrong. This is not how things are supposed to go because again, we, we grow up with these rules and a traumatic event um, breaks all the rules of what we're told is supposed to happen, especially when there's that added piece of like, but I did everything right. Like somebody who always ate a healthy diet mm -hmm. and has a heart attack anyway. Like we we're kind of told, right. um, you know, if you do this, good things will happen. Mm -hmm. If you, if you do this and avoid that, you'll be okay. And the reality is it, it does kind of strip away those illusions and it brings us back to the reality. And, and the reality is actually kind of scary if you think about it, because at, at the core, it's we we have no control over anything um right. anything can happen at any minute uh and and even the things we do to try to pretend like we have control really uh that's not where our real power lies and so like mm -hmm. for that that brief moment where that thought is terrifying if we move past that it's actually quite liberating because that also means that i don't have to follow the tradition that everybody else um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, followed, or I, I don't have right. to follow the formula that everybody else followed. It, it right. can be liberating, but we have to work past that very fearful moment where suddenly everything is upside down and none of the rules really apply anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we, I mean, you know, we as women and, and it's, it's I, um, funny that you brought that up because, um, me and one of my, um, great friends from college, um, today, uh, she, she does, um, uh, comedy and but she did a a a, a, a skit on uh, pretty much how it was growing up we went to um, actually a private Christian college and I remember one of our professors telling us that um, you know most of you guys aren't really here to get a degree most of you guys are really here to get just to get married and start you know wow. and start families and I sat there and I thought like well, that's not my purpose, you know, like that's not right. That's not why I came to college, but it was ironic because true enough, you, it was girls there who they might've went a year, they might've went two years, but as soon as they met, you know, they're, they're a, a guy and, and got married, mm -hmm. a lot of them stopped going to school, you know, they would drop out mm. or, you know, and not return. And I could never understand like, okay, wow. And so, it just really blew me away because people, you know, have expectations set for themselves, but people also have, we get expectations set for ourselves from our families, you know, and from, right. and from those around of us a lot of times. So, you know, for a lot of us as women, you know, you're taught, you know, grow up and, and get a husband, the white peaky fence, you know, the kids, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so when you don't necessarily follow that pursuit, people kind of look at you awkwardly like, hmm, you know, uh, oh, you're not married by 35. You know, you don't have kids. Like, what's wrong with you? Right. You know, it's all these, you know, different pressures. And, and men get it as well because it's like, oh, wow, you haven't settled down yet. And so uh, do mm-hmm. you believe that, you know, that's one of our things where we have a hard time balancing because we're having to choose, do we follow the normal pursuit of, of how things are going to be, or am I going to be okay doing what just naturally feels right for me, you know, without right. being so concerned about what others may think of it? Yes, absolutely. And and that's really what Queen Up is all about. Um, because the other part of that, yes, there's the gender roles and the social roles. And if we break yeah. it down even even more specific, there's also, even just as individuals, we're all like, and we can't help it. Like we, we do this automatically when we see a little child or, or a young baby and we see how they react, they, we see what toys they play with. And we make these, we put these labels on them. And we say like, oh, you're such a good helper. Look at you helping mom. Oh, look at right. you. You've got a little doctor set. You're going to be a doctor when you grow up. <laughs> and so we get these messages. And those are the good Very ones. True. Those aren't even like the yeah. negative labels that people put on us, right? <laughs> but those are the good ones. But we get these messages all our lives like, oh, you're so good at X, Y, and Z. And, and right. that, again, becomes like we get energetically attached to those uh, that's the feedback that we build our lives around. So whether it's, yes, you're supposed to get married, have a husband, have kids. Uh, oh my God, private school as that's the most expensive dating service ever. But right. I mean, that's what people <laughs> were told they were expected to do. And the sad thing is maybe some of the folks that you noticed who, who dropped out once they got into relationships, um, mm-hmm. perhaps they were just there to meet people, but perhaps they really did have their own dreams, but never learned how to assert their dreams once they were in a relationship. And I've certainly gone through that in my past where, you know, in a, in a relationship, suddenly I'm losing myself and losing my focus um, because we are taught to prioritize the relationships above all else. Uh, but when we're told who we are and what kind of person we are and what our gifts are, on the one hand, it's great that people try to maybe, you know, well-intentioned, try to be supportive or encouraging or try to help us develop certain talents. Uh, but the other side of that is, we don't necessarily get to figure out through our own intuition, you know, maybe, maybe I am really, really good at science, but I got a bad grade when I was in like second grade on a test. And that just made me think, you know, everybody's giving me so much positive for these other studies. I'm going to focus on the studies I'm getting positive for. And I got a D on this test. So I'm not going to try hard with that anymore because I've already seen, I'm just not cut out for that. (laughs) And we shape our identities around these things. And so with Queen Up, there are four queens in the tarot. They represent four different, uh, we could think of them as four different personalities, four different okay. sets of strengths, four different aspects of life. But the, the idea is that we have all of the energies of, of all four queens. We tend to um, gravitate toward one. You know, we have kind of our dominant personality. Uh, but when situations change, you know, for example, if someone identifies with the Queen of Swords, who's like the warrior queen, who's very confident and assertive and focused and active, um, which is very much, you know, an energy that I identify with a great deal. And as I'm going through this recovery phase, suddenly she's kind of in the back seat and it's the queen of cups who's more passive and receptive and intuitive. And, and she has to do with healing and she still has power, but it's a very different kind of power. So what people learn is, 
yeah, there's the things you were given support and encouragement for, the, the things you know are your strengths, but there's these whole other areas of life that you don't even know you're good at because you haven't had to, uh, you haven't had to focus on it. It's kind of like we, right. we find out what we're good at and we run with it, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's efficient. We find out what's going to get positive attention from people and we keep doing it more and more and more. Very and, um, and that's great until suddenly we either can't do it or we decide, you know, some of my clients, have gotten to a certain point in their lives where they're actually having um, like their, their conscience uh, is, is nagging at them or they're, they're having like Mm -hmm. a personal crisis because even though they're doing what they thought they love to do or what everybody told them they were good at, it just suddenly at one point in their thirties, forties, fifties, or sixties, it dawns on them. This isn't really what I want to be doing. And no one ever Right. And it's, and you probably were, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably about the same age. I won't ask how old you are, but we're, I'm guessing we're about the same <laughs> age. Uh, maybe when we were growing up a little bit, it became more of a thing to say to kids, you can be whatever you want to be, right. but there was still a lot of limitation on that. Like you can be mm-hmm. whatever you want to be, but if you say to mom and dad, I want to be an actor or a musician or an artist and right. they're like, okay, yeah, but what's right. your real job going to be? Right. Like you can be right. whatever you want, but don't do one exactly. of those silly things. You know, there's still kind of a restriction put on it, but it's only been relatively recently that the message, especially for women, the message of empowerment is, you know, you, you don't have to just play these certain roles, you know, like it's, it's think about in the history of film, it's relatively recent that strong female lead characters Mm. are being featured. And then you go into like different diverse groups and it's even more recently. So Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of catching up to do with that message that, you know, we aren't just, um, we aren't, uh, we don't need to be value. Our value isn't measured by like the one thing that somebody else sees in us that is um, commendable or profitable or like, Oh, this will be a good job for you. So follow that path. We're just getting to the point where now people are saying, um, you know, hey, maybe the traditional nine to five job isn't going to be my path. Maybe I'm going to be an entrepreneur and, you know, or maybe I'm not going to go to college. Maybe I'm going to travel around the world for a couple of years. Like people are breaking <laughs> the rules left and right, which is awesome. Uh, because when, you know, again, when you really step back, all of those rules were created to give us a sense of security, but they weren't really, you know, that's not always the reality. It doesn't always go by that book that we're, that we're brought up with. So, um, so this is a way for people to be reminded like, hey, there isn't just one aspect to who you are. There isn't just one thing that makes you strong. There isn't just one thing that makes you desirable. There's this whole array of strengths. And as life changes, you might have to call up some of these other powers, but life goes on. And, and it can actually be better and better and better if we don't get stuck in that box that society likes to put us in. Absolutely. Do you think, um, and, and talk about the, the creation of Queen Up, um, what was it um, that really motivated you um, uh, when it came to um, Queen Up? Uh, because it's Queen Up, uh, reclaim your crown when life knocks you down, unleash the power of your inner terror queen. Uh, what what motivated you um, to actually um, create um, this new book? Well, it was kind of a process. And the first the first step in the process was during my recovery period when I was kind of in that gray area between having to give up on my career. I was working like on a per diem basis just to have some income and I was going through treatment and it just was generally 
Um, it was a positive time because I was excited about the prospect that things could get better. But aside from that, it was generally not like my favorite time in my life. Uh, it was kind of depressing. You know, it was, that's when that whole like slowing down, taking naps, all that nonsense was going on. Right. And I remembered like one particular uh, moment where I just like, I, I might've said to myself in my head, like, you know, if, if this is a story, like this is the worst story ever. Like if this were a, if my life were a book, I would just like throw it across the room. I don't even want to read it right now and I kind of heard this voice that was just like this this guidance that was like well then just rewrite it like you know if you don't like the way the story is going rewrite it um so I started to get a little bit you know pulling in those spiritual beliefs that in you know intuitive guidance um knowing that there was going to be something else out there for me some other purpose some other way to live not knowing what it would look like not having a clue that would involve this book but there was at least that turnaround of like okay stop feeling sorry for yourself um if you don't like the way things are going, a lot of this has been out of your control, but you get to decide what you do with it. And so slightly further down the road, um, I was doing readings um, for people through my tarot business, which was still kind of just a side thing, you know, supplementing um, the, the per diem part of the work I was still doing as a social worker. And um, in one particular reading, I remembered this, the queens kept coming up over and over again. There were like two different queens that kept coming up over and over again. Um, and my guides were telling me that the queens in that reading represented the woman I was speaking to. And they were like polar opposites. I forget which ones they were, but their, their personalities were very opposite. So I'm like, okay, how do I describe to this person that I'm reading for that these queens represent her, um, and yet they're like night and day difference, but they're both her. Um, and through the course of the reading, she, uh, she had been going through something. I don't know if it was cancer or like there was a lot she was going through that was also life-changing. <laughs> for her and what was coming to me through the reading is that these were both two different sides of her and one was the side she told she has to um follow and the other was the part of her that has been in the background that hasn't really been awakened but it was being awakened now because of the hardship she was going through and to be honest with you I don't even know if she fully understood what I was talking about she might not have like understood what I was getting at with this but after that reading was over um, I had this thought like well what if more people could recognize that like this this is the case for for a lot of us or maybe for all of us that there's the there's like the dormant power that doesn't get to come out until sometimes when there's a crisis or when there's a change because I was describing right. this one uh this one queen's personality to her and she's like that's not me that's not me and I'm like look I'm, I'm being told like this might not be the dominant part of you but this is still a part of you and this is the part of you that you need to connect with and so doing various services for people um it's one thing to sit with somebody in a reading and say like this is the part of yourself you need to connect with but the reality is most people have no idea what that means so it takes more than one reading to really introduce the idea that yes there are these different sides of ourselves there are these different strengths we can connect with them um, although this is very metaphysical stuff that sounds like woo-woo to some folks there are also practical ways that we can uh, do things that bring about this energy. It's just we're not taught this stuff. Um, right. So at first, Queen Up was, uh, I was calling it Discover Your Inner Queen, and at first it was going to be a game. It was going to be kind of like a party game. And I tried to get the word out as a party game, and people weren't really getting it. And, and apparently I don't go to many parties. Um, but apparently people were like, look, when you're at a party, you don't want to be thinking about personal development. You want to be partying. So I'm like, okay, fine, it won't be a party. Um, I haven't totally given up on that idea, uh, but it was only like um, 
it kind of developed backwards. You know, I, I was like, okay, it'll be maybe a journal. And I tried to self-publish it as like this little journal thing. Um, but I kept getting guided to uh, refine it, refine it, refine it. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, I guess this will be a book. And, and by that point, like, you know, it had been another, you know, couple of years had gone by. So this was, you know, it, it was a, a process. Um, but it went from like, okay, this is something I'd like to share with my immediate clients to, you know, this is something that people should have access to. And if they want to work with me as their coach, that's awesome. But there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to work with a coach. They want to figure it out for themselves. And a book is a great way right. to do that. So there's a lot of um, exercises. It's kind of like a, a, a book that can serve as your own coach. Um, there's a lot of exercises. There's things that you can journal on. There's meditations that you can do. Um, and the idea is that you learn about who these four queens are as different archetypes. You learn about the different sides of yourself that they represent. Um, and you learn how to consciously connect with these sides of yourself so that you can step into these four different powers. And, and the whole process really is an intuitive process. So even if you're not planning on becoming a psychic reader or that kind of thing, we all have intuition and it's the intuition that, that allows us to say, okay, you know, my life isn't taking shape in the way that everybody else in my family and everybody else that I know the way their lives have taken shape, but I need to figure out my path. And it's the intuition that guides us to put that all together. Um, especially Absolutely. when there's no rule book, uh, which really there, there isn't a rule book, but you know, again, some of us can kind of follow along with, with the status quo, but I think more and more people are finding those old structures just aren't working. So this is a way to start trusting yourself again um, so that you can navigate your own path. Absolutely. Angela, do you believe that a lot of times we we don't find out certain things about ourselves until we're we're faced um with certain moments in our lives. Um, you know, sometimes we find out that, you know, when someone says, Hey, I, I have this event, uh, can you do something for me? And you might be thinking, Well, I'm not the creative type, you know, but you act mm-hmm. you know, you get involved and you find out that you're actually good at, at and maybe planning that event or putting things in place. So do you think a lot of us, you know, oftentimes we don't discover things about ourselves until that moment is put before us. And, and that's when we discover um, a lot of great qualities about ourselves. Absolutely. And, and I, I think about that a lot um, because yeah. on the one hand, I do believe, I believe that some things are destined to happen. Like the, the accident I was involved in, I do believe was destined to happen. Um, There's a lot of other things that are fate, free will, and choice, but I do believe there are some things that are destined to happen. There's certain people we're destined to meet. There's certain situations we're destined to be involved in. And, and it's very, um, I feel it's important. um, How do I say this? It's important to try to take these as opportunities to look at, when when we're when we're stripped down from everything that we thought defined us or what we thought we were good at this is an opportunity to find out what else is there beneath the surface so on the one hand i think it's important that we not get um that we not get lost in in the injustice or like this shouldn't have happened or this was wrong now having said that i do believe you know i i don't like the mentality that says um you know, I, I do believe everything happens for a reason, but I also believe it's important to validate the different feelings that people go through. So it's not like you want, you know, one of the worst things for me right after the accident was when people said, well, everything happens for a reason. It's like, yeah, I know that. Like, you know, can I just be miserable now anyway? <laughs> like, I don't think it's helpful to just throw platitudes at people, even if they're true. Right. Right. <laughs> I think we Very have to true. honor the experience that people go through. Um, but we Absolutely. don't, we don't want those 
experiences to like put us back in the box and define us in a negative way. Um, and, and we have to look at it, I think, as this is bringing something out in me that, um, you know, let's face it, when we're comfortable, we don't challenge ourselves. When we're comfortable, we don't mm-hmm. dig in deeper and find out what else is there. And it's, it's ironic because some folks who have what we would consider maybe an easy, um, comfortable life, don't always rise to their full potential because there's no mm-hmm. friction that forces them to challenge yeah, right. themselves and, and see what else they're made of. Um, so, so in some ways we're blessed with our challenges and our crises and things doesn't make it easier to go through them, but it's always, I think, look for, you know, look for the gift, look for the opportunity. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. Until certain things are placed on our path, we might not know. And and the other way we could look at that is, I mean, I've known people who, got into their, their midlife and discovered that they were really mm-hmm. talented artists or musicians or singers. Right. And, right. you know, and you think of people who like, who are child prodigies, but if nobody ever gave that kid a guitar or a paintbrush mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. would they know that they're a child prodigy? Right. So yeah, we, the situations definitely shape us and can bring out strengths we didn't know we had. Absolutely. Absolutely. During the process of, of doing this book, um, what, are, what are some things that you learned about yourself? What were some things that you discovered like, wow, Angela, like, I didn't know that <laughs> that this was in you. And so what are some things that you learned um, about yourself? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. I think just the, the book and also having a business has been um, like spirit knows my motivation because there's, I was telling somebody this the other day, I'm kind of a homebody. Like I will not go anywhere. (laughs) Like for me, I will not go anywhere Um, for my book, for my, for my work. I'll go all over the place. You know, I don't care. I'm like having these adventures. I was all over the, you know, different States this past year and, and planning things for next year. So on the personal level, this has definitely opened up doors and shown me that there are sides of myself that, you know, even just as someone running a business, I was never into math. I didn't study business. I didn't go to school for business. It, like to me, that sounds like the most boring thing in the world. And yet when I was in a situation where like suddenly this is my main focus because I can't do the job that I did go to school for, suddenly I find that, yeah, you know, it, I, I do have, you know, I have something that, that makes me cut out for this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm, uh, this sounds crazy given, you know, how much fun we have in this conversation, but I'm actually a very shy person. But when it comes to work or, or carrying this message, the, the outgoing side of me comes out. So there's a lot that, that this has brought out in me. Um, parts of the book I was definitely writing from experience or from things that I had learned, but there were some parts of it that were just kind of coming together as I was writing, like, oh, wow, it never occurred to me that this might be something important for people to learn. And of course, as, as people say, you know, we, we teach what we need to learn. So if it's important for, for people to learn this, it means it's important for me to learn it as, as we're going to. Um, so definitely it opened up a lot of doors where, you know, and, and especially being, you know, having that, that other label now of somebody with a brain injury and thinking to myself as the book is coming out, like, am I going to be able to do the things I need to do to bring this message out to people? Um, and, and yet, I'm able to find a way to do it because, you know, it's important to me. I feel like that's part of the path that was put in front of me. So I'm also challenging that label. I mean, there's certain things I have to do to accommodate um, some of my symptoms and things like that. But, you know, the the first uh, trip that I had to plan that involved uh, 
an airline. It took me about five hours to book the air uh, the airline ticket, but I did it. And I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I did that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that just like I wouldn't do that for vacation. I wouldn't do that for me, but I'll do it for for this process. So definitely, it's right. challenged me to get way out of my comfort zone. Absolutely, absolutely. And with Queen Up, uh, what what is it that your your hope is that when when women have an opportunity to um, read this book, what is it that you hope that they gain and and take away from Queen Up? Well, you know, there's there's kind of two audiences, or I should say, maybe a spectrum of of um, what I hope will will happen here. Uh, the one group that I'm hoping or the one benefit I'm hoping people will have uh, for folks who are maybe new to the holistic world, new to the new age world, um, who, who don't have any experience with tarot, that's okay, you don't need to, this book is still helpful for you. Um, for folks who are brand new to these concepts, I'm hoping you'll come away thinking, uh, or rather with the realization that, uh, number one, I am not I am not the labels people have given me. Um, I have much more potential than, I, than I've been told that I have and that I have the ability to access different parts of myself. So that's kind of the surface level. If nothing else, that's what I'm hoping people will uh, be awakened to. Um, now, on the, on the further down the rabbit hole level, for folks that maybe are already pretty well-versed in some of these New Age metaphysical concepts, uh, but this brings them deeper into their journey, um, I'm hoping that this will be another tool in the toolbox uh, that will not only do all of the things that I mentioned just now, you know, realizing that we're complex, allowing us to shift into our different energies, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that for those who are maybe a little bit further on their journey with this stuff, um, that this will be a way that people are actually opening up, accessing their intuition, um, manifesting different things in their lives that help them fulfill their potential and, uh, and finding empowerment through really carving out their own pathway, um, not just feeling more confident in, in themselves, but actually rebuilding their lives, recreating their lives, not feeling like they have to follow an old paradigm and not feeling like all is lost when things change and they can no longer follow the old paradigm. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, um, Going through writing this book and, and and being out here, being available um, for women, because I know you're also um, an intuitive coach, and I know a lot of folks may be asking, like, what is an intuitive coach? Um, so, so tell the folks out here um, exactly what an intuitive coach is and does. Sure. Well, <sighs> before I as I was writing Queen Up, and before I was really focusing on that, I was doing intuitive coaching for relationships mm-hmm. and attraction. And I've expanded that out to be just intuitive coaching for empowerment and kind of generally. So basically mm-hmm. what that is, um, although I do maintain my social work license, uh, it's a little different from a traditional therapist or counselor um, because I'm working with people who aren't necessarily in like acute crisis where you would need to go see a therapist, but people who are having difficulty with life adjustments and life situations. Um, so that's the coaching aspect. I'm, I'm working with people as a guide, a mentor, uh, looking at what are your goals? What are the obstacles? How, how are we going to get to those goals? Now, the intuitive piece is that um, – 
in my coaching programs, I'm using both my connection with my guides to assist people to see what's the real underlying issue. You know, as a social worker, I can sit in a session with someone and we can talk about a problem. And through talking about it, yes, with the knowledge of psychology, there are some things that are pretty obvious. Okay, you keep talking about your mother and using bad language, so therefore there are issues with mom. I mean, some of that is obvious. Um, right. But there can also be stuff like beneath the surface that doesn't always come out as, as readily um, in the traditional sessions. So the intuitive piece kind of goes into like what's the underlying, um, what's the energy pattern here that is causing okay. you to sabotage yourself or not live up to your potential. So I'm using my intuition in the sessions, uh, but okay. I'm also working with people to access more of their own intuition and to develop uh, techniques where they're trusting themselves. Cause you know, coaching is great, but it's supposed to be short term. Ideally I want everyone feeling empowered and being able to direct their own path. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of those are, um, Angela, tell them uh, where they can go to um, not only purchase um, Queen Up, but also you you have been a part um, of a few other books also, correct? That's right. There's a few other books. Uh, now, the other books I co-authored, so that was like my, my early experience um, okay. on, on different metaphysical okay. topics. Uh, so Queen Up is available basically wherever books are, are sold. And if, you have, uh, okay. if you're listening and you have a favorite bookstore and they don't have a copy, reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk to them and, and uh, connect them with information on how they can uh, offer the book in their store. Uh, but mm-hmm. Amazon definitely, Barnes and & Noble, and, and a lot of independent retailers as well. Um, or people can contact me and order off my website as well. Uh, now, the other books are Wicca, What's the Real Deal? Breaking Through the Misconceptions. That was the first mm-hmm. book that I, I co-authored with Patricia Gardner and Dana, Dana Winters. Um, and okay. that looks at the, the myths versus the truths about the Wiccan religion. Um, okay. And the second one is Sacred, Sacred Objects, Sacred Space, Everyday Tools for the Modern Day Witch, also with Dana Winters and Patricia Gardner. And the third is the esoteric dream book, King the Subconscious let me think. Oh no! Unlocking the magical symbolism of the subconscious mind, uh, also <laughs> with Dana Winters and Patricia Gardner, and that's kind of like the anti-dream dictionary. It's a book that teaches okay. people how to interpret your own dreams based on your own set of symbols. Okay. Wow. Wow. Awesome. I, I think I need to get that because I'm always, I'm <laughs> always um, asking people like, I had this dream last night. Do you know what it? <laughs> you know what it means? And so, because I'm like seeing different things and different dreams. And so, of course, you know, growing up, you know, we learned that certain things in, in dreams meant certain things. And so, um, but yeah, so I, I, that's one I definitely um, need to read also. But I definitely um, encourage you listeners out there to go and purchase um, Queen Up, you guys. Uh, reclaim your crown, uh, crown uh, when life knocks you down. Um absolutely love the title and uh Angela I'm just I'm glad that you are out here and you are even um through the the midst of um you know your accident and recovering and going through that uh but being able to get out here and uh, switch gears and create your own new lane and and doing something that's positive and uplifting uh for for women and and people in general um it's always mm-hmm. great to to see people um uh, take on a new direction and discover new things um about themselves um all the time and so I am glad that you joined me um on the show this evening oh thank you so much it's been a pleasure and thank you for the opportunity 
Absolutely. And so, Angela, before you leave, um, for the folks out there, tell them how they can go about getting in touch with you as far as your website and um, social media information. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So my website is intuitiveangela.com, and that's all one word. Uh, My email is intuitiveangela at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook uh, at Angela Kaufman and then the number six. And I believe that's also the handle for Twitter and Instagram. There's an underscore somewhere in there. I forget where exactly it falls, but if you look up my name, um, you'll you'll find me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know these these different social medias can be tricky because you never know where there's a space, a hyphen, <laughs> all all these different avenues. Right. So, but I will be um, posting the link so you guys will be able to um, connect with her and all of those great things. And so, um, you have any final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? Uh, just I hope that everybody enjoyed the show, and if nothing else, remember that you have your a lot more of your own answers than you realize. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show and has a great evening. Absolutely, absolutely. And Angela, definitely uh, feel free to come back on here anytime. I definitely would love to have you, and uh, I definitely will be um, connecting with you and talking with you soon, and I definitely appreciate um, you taking the time to join me on the show this evening. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to connecting again. This was great. Thank you. You have a great uh, rest of your evening and week, and I'll be talking with you again soon. Great. You as well. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Angela Kaufman. You guys, make sure you go and check out Queen Up. I just absolutely love the title, you guys. And so um, I'm actually going to be putting her website um, information on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page so that you guys can connect with her um, as well um, as purchase um, her book also. Um, And coming up Thursday, you guys, uh, we're going to have Jackie Melendez. Uh, She is going to be joining us, and we're actually going to be talking um, about um, her um, uh, business that she is connected with um, entitled uh, Women Networking Worldwide. Um, And it's about um, connecting women and assisting women to finding their uh, fullest and possible potential. So uh, you guys know we're all about uplifting and encouraging and supporting um, our women and men over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And we're um, always make strides to uh, make sure we provide you guys uh, with the best information and best resources possible. So make sure you come and join us um, this Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show where we'll have um, Jackie Melendez, founder of Women Networking Worldwide. So join us here right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And so with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Um, I hope you guys had an incredible um, time um, tuning into the show tonight. I hope that you were able to take away something um, to apply um, in your own lives and all those great things. And so uh, don't forget, if you want to be a guest on the show, make sure you email us at show at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to have you. We would love to uh, hear from you. Um, we always appreciate you guys who continue to support us day in and day out. Um, over here on the beautiful butterfly show so with that said folks uh, we're going to get ready to get out of here i hope you guys have an incredible evening i am bianca fly i'll see you thursday same time same place right here on the beautiful butterfly show